longer yours. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know you not that your temp- the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Romans 6 and 12 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. We were freed at a great cost. And we must sacrifice what we want in our fleshly desires for what God wants in our lives, a living sacrifice. And now we come to the main text this morning. Again, you can be seated, but it is in Hebrews 9, 13. It says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ? who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. In another version of the Bible, it says it this way, if that animal blood and other rituals of purification were effective in cleaning up certain matters of a religion and behavior, think how much more the blood of Christ cleans up our lives inside and out. The smell of, of roasted lamb still lingered in the air as the Israelites waited in their homes. Waiting for what? They weren't all the way quite sure. They had only been told by the, their elders to roast a lamb, prepare unleavened bread, bitter herbs, and to eat the meal get dressed for a journey, have their staffs in hand, ready to leave in an instant. Strangest of all, they had been told to smear the lamb's blood on the doorpost, on the lintels of their homes, to protect them from what the Lord had said was a final plague that he was bringing against the Egyptian people. There these these folks had been prisoners, slaves in the land of Egypt. Yes, they had seen the miracles, the signs and wonders of the plagues in the past few months. Nile turned to blood, frogs and lice, flies, destroying of livestock, boils and hell, locusts and darkness for three days. And now as midnight approached, they, they wait. I'm sure they were nervously waiting there in the houses that they were shut up in. What's that? As they begin to hear something from the outside. They looked at each other uneasily and all of them heard this distinct cry from the distance. The sound continued to swell and Till it was unmistakable cries of grief coming from the homes of the Egyptians. They had heard cries in the past few months, but nothing like these cries. Exodus 11.6 tells us, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, 
nor shall be like it any more. The cries were this. My firstborn, my child, my firstborn, my livestock. No! No! They're dead. Mama's crying over sons. Men crying over the loss of animals. Cries that were unmistakable. Cries that only parents could have over losing a child. The destroyer had come that night. The death angel passed by every house that evening. Exodus 12.23 says, For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. As the Lord had warned, he had unleashed destroying angels, death angels, to strike down the firstborn of all the land, both man and beast. And in an instant, they died. The cries grew louder more than anything, as I said, that they heard in all of Egypt as anguished mothers and fathers in every home that did not have the blood applied clung to their lifeless firstborn, trying maybe to resuscitate, trying to do what they could to, to breathe life back into that child. But all the cries and all the tries of resuscitation were fruitless. Cries came also from the palace that evening. The king had lost his firstborn son, the heir to the throne. And Pharaoh, now broken, finally broken after everything that had happened to his people, called and cried out to his servants You go get Moses, you go get Aaron. I've had enough. This is the end. When they arrived, Pharaoh burst into the room distraught. Get out of my land, all of you. Go serve the Lord as you said. Take everything that you have. Just go, 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 go. Heartbreak and heartache had attacked every person in that kingdom. Everyone lost something, I believe, or someone. Moses and Aaron, they didn't have to rally the Israelites to leave. Terrified Egyptians were already pounding on their doors, shouting, Get out, get out. We beg you, just get out of our land. Take everything. Take the gold. Take, take the silver. Take the clothing. Just get out, get out, get out. Without fully comprehending what was happening, the Israelites rushed about to get ready to leave. And the great company of Israelites began to move out. Joyful but hardly believing what was happening. Still hearing the cries in the city of those that had lost someone in their life. They couldn't help, I believe, but to look back at their homes. The center of their lives of slavery. The years of torment. The years of bondage. The years of thinking that they could never be freed from the grips of their taskmasters. And as they looked back at the homes that evening, there it was. The sign of their salvation. There it was. 
visible in the moonlight that night. Dark streaks of blood stained the doorframe of their home. What they didn't understand then, they understood now. It was the blood of a sacrifice that saved them that night. And as they looked back at that blood, as they they drove their camels and, and their horses and whatever they had with them, as they looked back at that blood, they said it was that blood they realized that saved them. And, and it was the blood that delivered them. It was the blood that drove away the tormentors of their lives for so many years it, it was the blood the applied blood that protected the firstborn in their family that evening it was the blood that made the difference in the life of those Israelites that was there that day it was the blood the blood the blood the sacrificial blood and as they left that place of slavery I wonder if they looked back and they started maybe even to sing a song that we sing today as they begin to say thank God for the blood 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 it was the sacrifice of hundreds of sheep spotless lambs it was the sacrifice of those little lambs that didn't deserve it those little lambs that didn't want, maybe even want their life cut short but it was the sacrifice of a lamb and the blood of the lamb that saved the day if it wasn't for the sacrifice, if it wasn't for the blood, I tell you and I ask you today, where would you be and where would I be? If it wasn't for the blood, I would be in that spot of sorrow and crying out for death that would come to my soul because sin, if it's not taken care of, it ends up with death waiting at your doorstep. Sir, ma'am, it ends with you taking in your last breath and if you haven't made a decision to apply the blood on this side it will have consequences on the other side but if it wasn't for that blood if it wasn't for the blood I would be a sin sin sickened man but I thank God for the blood it took the sacrifice of a lamb a spotless lamb the guy who came to take away the sins of the world and the blood that was shed that day at that place called Calvary, it made all the difference. After many long years of toil, the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery. They groaned. They cried out for help. And the cry of rescue came from God up above. Exodus 2 says God heard their groaning. He remembered the covenant with Abraham and Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God, He knew what was happening in their life. See, God worked out their deliverance according to the counsel of His own will and His own plan. Ephesians 1 says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. You will never find the answer to the questions in your life of why you are on this earth and why you were created until you find the man named Jesus Christ. And it's when you find 
find that man named Jesus Christ, you will find out why you're here and what you are living for. The scripture goes on and says, long before we heard, long before we first heard of Christ and we got our hopes up, he had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Let me stop right here and remind you this morning that God indeed has a plan for your life. Let me turn that statement around this morning and may I ask you, are you living in the plan God has designed for your life this morning? Stop trying to work things out in your timing. God's timing is always the right timing. And before you even came to know God, He had His eye on you. Before you even had your eye on Him and got your hopes up on a Sunday or a Sunday night or a Wednesday that maybe this truly could be the turning point in your life before your hopes caught up with the Holy Spirit that you feel moving across your life God looked down and said I have a design for you and it's more than a design it's a design for your glorious living and God said I will work things out in their life someone needs to hear that this morning that his perfect timing is going to work things out he will work things out as long as we follow the plan for our lives he may not come when you want him but he'll always be right on time don't try to rush God you can't rush the one who knows the end from the beginning you can't rush the one who knows the perfect plan for your life it's not working out God I had a design for my life I had everything set from the time I was a teenager I have a design for my retirement God well maybe maybe God is saying it's not my design that might be your design and it might look real good right now but what I have for you is so much greater than the design that is in your own eyes and if you will just lay down and sacrifice your design for my design I promise you in the end it will all work together for your good was at the right time, God's time, when a fresh cry of suffering, they had been crying out for years, God save us, but it was at the right time, God's time, that this fresh cry of suffering from his people came to him and he heard it, he heard it all the other times as well, but it wasn't in his plan. For that moment, for them to escape that land of torment. I don't understand why you're in the land of torment and feeling like you're enslaved to something. I don't understand why those things are happening. First of all, you need to look at yourself and see why it might be happening. But then, more than that, you need to keep praying and believing that better days are ahead. That your best days are not behind you, but that your best days are in front of you. And one day when that prayer and that cry goes before the throne of grace and mercy, is going to be what tips the bucket over. All those prayers that have been prayed have not been forgotten. They're in the heavenly realms. They are still in the bucket of God. And one day it's going to overflow. And when it does, His perfect plan is going to... 
Maybe I'm just preaching to myself this morning. But God has a plan for firstborn. God has a plan for my life. I don't have the answers to what's going on in today's world. I don't have the answers to COVID. I don't have the answers to social distancing. I don't have the answers to mask wearing. I don't have the answers. But this one thing I do know, if I keep trusting and believing and praying, one day the heavens will open up and my deliverer will come. It might be on a white horse when the eastern skies get split open. But until that day, I'll Keep working the plan. I'll work the plan. There, God raised up Moses and Aaron because He always raises up someone. God will always raise someone up to do His will. He will always find someone. I want to be the one help me Lord be in your timing help me to stay in your perfect will oh right now can you raise your hands I feel the Holy Ghost in this room can you say Lord help me stay in your perfect will help me to stay in your timing not my own help me to sacrifice the things of of my life for greater things. In the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost is working in this room right now. In the name of Jesus. See, see the Lord sent Pharaoh a message that this was going to happen. The Lord went to Moses and told him and Exodus 4 and 22, he said, you go tell Pharaoh, he said, that Israel is my son, it's my firstborn. You say unto him, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. God is on your side this morning. God is on your side this morning. He's telling you that you better tell that enemy that is coming against you. If you don't let my people go, if you don't let me go, you think I haven't taken advantage of your kingdom this far. I will take far more from the kingdom of this world that you have ever even realized. If you don't let my people go, I'm here to tell you to not be afraid of the tormentor and the slave, that the, the owner, slave owner that has you in your life. If you feel like all it is is just going in circles, you need to look up and say, Devil, I'm a firstborn. I am a chosen one of God. His name has been applied to my life. And if you don't let me go, 
if you don't let me go, there's going to be something that shakes your world so much. If you don't let me go, you know what's going to happen? If I keep in the fight, my family that aren't saved, they're going to be saved. My children that are addicted, they're not going to be addicted anymore. Why? Because someone didn't give up. That's what he was telling Pharaoh that day. You better let him go. Because if you don't, something bad's going to happen. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. You say, well, God did. God understood that Pharaoh was going to harden his heart. But he gave him a chance, just like he gives everyone a chance. But because Pharaoh would not sacrifice the firstborn of God. Plagues came. I've seen it tragically happen in services almost. Some were crying out in their spirit. Even in their body language saying, I'm not who I need to be. And others saying that I... I shall not be, I shall not be moved from this that I'm in. I've seen the spirit that is moving so heavily and people are sacrificing their life for God. <clears throat> Spiritually. I've seen also someone so hardened in their heart and in their spirit that they are not moved. Saying, who is this God? I don't need him. I will not let go of the sins in my life. I will not sacrifice this part of my life. I will not give up this part of my life to God. God can have all of this, but He cannot have this, this deep, deep, dark, secret place that I might have or you might have in your life. I wonder, I wonder what went through Pharaoh's mind back to this moment. When he, when he was shared the words from Aaron, where Moses went to Aaron, it says, and shared and told him what to tell Pharaoh. And there they went and said, let my people go. I wonder, whenever they shared those words of the firstborn dying, I wonder if his mind went back to that. I wonder if that night when his son laid helpless and lifeless in his arms, I wonder if his mind went back to Exodus 5. And when Moses and Aaron told him what was going to happen thinking all I had to do all I had to do was repent and sacrifice these folks that are in my life that I had as slaves all I had to do was let God's people go and I would have my son in my arms today all I had to do was simple small sacrifice
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. When God is moving in our midst, can we just put our eyes upon him, our thoughts upon him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Come on, give the Lord praise in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Jesus. See, this is the great truth we find. This Old Testament passage. Deliverance from God's judgment, judgment only comes through the applying of blood. Nothing else is sufficient. This Passover was a foreshadowing of Jesus' ministry. But better and greater, as we learn in the book of Hebrews, so much greater was the blood from the spotless man, the Lamb of God. What pigeons and doves and lambs could not do. Jesus did in one instant. And just as they applied and sacrificed that animal and applied the blood, so too we must sacrifice our own lives and our own things that we would want. And we too must put on and accept that blood of Jesus Christ that washes us white as snow. As we come to the end here, Brother David, can I tell you here this morning, they could have believed as much as they wanted. And I know they did. They could have said, all we're going to do is just believe. And the blood will be applied. 
but it was more than belief. They had to physically take that and kill, sacrifice, eat, take those reeds, physically go outside of their home, dip in that blood, put it on their home. So too, it's more than just belief in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which is a wonderful first step. I'm not condemning anyone that says that because I believe that. You have to believe. If you don't believe, you cannot receive. <laughs> first step is you got to believe that He is. That He is the Savior. He is the ruler. He is our Lord. But if it stops there, if it stops there, blood has not been applied. But you must follow that belief with action. It's not by your works. No, no, no. It's by Him. But we must follow the plan that was set in the New Testament. We must follow the plan that was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. That was done in shadows in the Old Testament and brought to the light in the New Testament. We must follow from the Old Testament in the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Acts. Because it won't contradict itself. telling you if you've only believed in this place there's more there's more there's more there's water right now in this baptistry right here Jesus Christ can take away all of your sins when you go under that water his name is going to be applied to your life and you're going to become part of that family that first And His blood that was shed will be applied. And your sins will be white as snow. But it takes the water of baptism. It takes not only that, but you must be filled with His Spirit. You say, well, I thought I was filled with the Spirit whenever I was baptized. You won't find that in the Scripture. Well, I thought I was filled with the Spirit whenever I repented of my sins and I asked the Lord to come into my heart. No. The only ways in the Scripture that you will find is when someone speaks in a different language. How did they know they had the Spirit? It says they were amazed in the book of Acts. Gentiles was being filled. How did they know? It was because they were speaking in a different language. They were amazed. You must be born again, the scripture says, of the water and of the Spirit. And if you don't do that, you're not going to make heaven your home. 
Oh, you say you're being harsh this morning. No. I'm not trying to tell you that it's more than just a belief. It's an application of the belief that you have. So what is sacrifice? Sacrifice is looking to God, the author and the finisher of our faith, and saying, I'm going to lose my life to gain it. Scripture says, whoever will lose your life for his sake shall find it. But whoever shall find it in this world will lose it. And remember what I said at the first of this message. If you have sacrificed to God, what you have sacrificed is no longer yours. You cannot go and pick that back up again. Oh, you can, but it's no longer sacrifice. You must bow at the foot of the cross because only His blood and sacrifice of ourselves save us Ooh, it washes it washes white as snow no no other fountain nothing but the blood of Jesus and Precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No, no other fount. tell you one more thing as we close the bridegroom's father in the New Testament book of Matthew was looking for guests brother and sister Cobb you know how that is you guys have been through a couple weddings <laughs> what a beautiful wedding it was last night for your daughter we're so grateful for you all and for her Brandon The dad was looking for guests. He said, go to the highways. and or First of all, go to your friends. and Get them, bid them to come. We're going to have a great feast. They couldn't find anybody. He said, go to the highways and the byways and convince someone to come. Oh, they did. When they came to that feast, that king was ready. Or, excuse me, that that. That dad was ready. He said, here's a robe of white, brand new. Put it on. Because if you're going to be a part of this, you've got to apply something to your life. You can't just come in looking the way you look. you got to put on this nice robe here. 
But if you do, oh, you're going to see riches that you've never seen before, and there's going to be a great feast. Oh, the party was going. Dad came out and looked around, and he saw someone that didn't have the robe on. And he went to him and said, Sir, don't you understand? Don't you know you need the robe? Oh, this guy was scared. I. He threw him out. He says, Many are called, but few are chosen. All of you in this room are called. Every single one of you. But what it takes from you is the master of the ceremony. The bridegroom is handing out some beautiful robes this morning. And he's saying, I'm going to give you a robe of white for the dirty clothes you came in here with. It cost you nothing. All you got to do is put it on. And when you put it on, welcome to the feast. I say that's a pretty good deal right there. And so you know what I did many years ago whenever I was seven years old? I said, Jesus, I'm so glad for that robe of white. And I went to the waters of baptism. And I put on that robe. And I, one day I'm going to be in that with that bridegroom. And I'm going to be eating from the table that he has spread for all of us. I'm telling you and asking you this morning, will you put on the white robe? Will you be in the waters of baptism? Will you let God fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost it's free it's free it's free it's free all you gotta do is accept it and say yeah well well precious is the pray with you here this morning if you've never come to Jesus now is your time you can apply his blood this morning if you've never repented of your sins now is your time if you've never been filled with his spirit now is your time in the name of Jesus we we come before you today Lord, I thank you for, Jesus, you, you shed your blood over 2,000 years ago at that place called Calvary. What a wonderful and precious gift that was given to me and given to every one of us. You shed your precious blood. Even though you had no guilt, you took on mine. You took on my sin because you love me. Lord, I, I pray you would forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I'm sorry. I lay down my life here this morning. I sacrifice everything in this world if I can gain you, Jesus. I thank you for your waters of baptism. And Lord, you are dealing with someone even now of their need and necessity. 
of being baptized in Jesus' name, following the plan of salvation, of the death and the burial and the resurrection. It's more than just belief in you, Heavenly Father, but it's application. I pray we would apply it to our lives. Pray for those that need the gift of your Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Fill them, Lord, the evidence, the initial evidence speaking in a new language. Oh, I'm so glad, Father, that there are many other evidences of your Spirit. But oh, I'm so thankful for that initial one. A new tongue, a new language. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we sing this one more time as we end this service? Say, oh, precious, if you need to be baptized, we're ready. We have water. Please, Please be baptized this morning. Don't leave here without applying the blood. Don't leave here without the blood. No other. Nothing but the blood. Nothing. What can wash away? Get Wednesday night service, 7 o'clock. We want to be here. Join us. Senior pastor preaches. We love you all. I'm thankful for the blood this morning. God bless you. Go in faith this morning. Go in freedom this morning. Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sing it all. Precious. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm singing nothing but the blood.